2: Har du en gnällig bebis över sex månader som sover kast- hmm, då kan det mycket väl bero på att små tänder är på väg att ploppa fram- och det gör förstås ont. Vårt bästa knep mot kämpig är Multiman Babydent. Det är en sockerfri och vegansk gel- och den lägger sig som ett skydd på din bäbys tandkött- och gör att det onda gör mindre ont. En lifesaver helt klart. Du hittar Multiman Babydent på ett apotek nära dig. Kläder till barnen som håller i alla väder- kan växa i storlek och kan ärvas igen och igen. Ja, det kanske låter för bra för att vara sant. Men Polan och Pyrets koncept Pop gör att skadkläderna kan växa med ditt barn- i upp till en och en halv storlek. När de ärvs av yngre syskon- kan du enkelt minska storleken igen- Dessutom är de helt vattentäta. Perfekt i alla väder. Läs mer och få 20% rabatt som ny medlem på polanopyret.se Ingen småbarnsförälder drömmer om att konka iväg till doktorn med sitt sjuka barn. Därför är det perfekt med Knodd, där du snabbt och kostnadsfritt träffar erfarna barnläkare och barnsköterskor direkt i mobilen. Ladda ner appen som heter Knodd. Var 17 är avgörande för att bebisen ska sova bättre. Varför kan vissa bebisar somna om på egen hand på natten medan andra vaknar hela tiden? Och rutiner, är det livsviktigt eller är det bättre att go with the flow? Idag mina vänner pratar vi om babisens sömn. Hallå, Hej, du lyssnar på Rullavagn-podden. Kanske för första gången- eller för hundrade gången. Oavsett är det superkul- att du har rullat igång det här avsnittet. För dig som är ny- och inte känner igen min röst- så heter jag Evelina Åkerberg- och är grundare och vd för Rullavagn. Och Rullavagn- Det är ju platsen där du kan träffa andra föräldralediga, läsa hundratals artiklar om livet med babys eller prenumerera på en av våra populära mejlkurser. De är förstås helt gratis. Och idag är temat helt enkelt hur du skapar bra förutsättningar för att din bebis ska kunna sova bättre. Och på plats för att ge oss en knuff i rätt riktning- är sömncoachen Courtney Landin- som också har skrivit boken Happy Sleeping Baby. Hej Courtney! Hej, thanks for having me again. Hej, det är superkul att du är med. För det är ju inte första gången som du är här. Nej, om man backar tillbaka lite bland alla avsnitten- så kan man ju lyssna både när du pratar om nyfödda sömn- och hur man kan minska uppvak på natten- om man vill höra mer- um, men just idag så ska vi ju prata om det här uh, vad man som förälder kan påverka kring babys sömn. För sömnen i sig kan vi ju inte riktigt styra även om man skulle vilja det, men förutsättningarna mm-hmm. kan vi ju påverka. Ska vi börja i den änden lite grann, att påminna oss om mm-hmm. att vi inte kan styra sömnen. Har du några tankar mm. på det?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. We cannot steer sleep. So we can help your help the baby sleep the best that they can but we can't like if someone comes to me and says i want my baby to sleep 12 hours a night awesome i want that too but they may they
2: may not mm. nej precis de sover inte automatiskt bra bara för att nej. vi som föräldrar they're not robots vårt, nej Tyvärr tänkte jag säga, no, men det hade I ju know. varit sjukt
1: tråkigt. Det hade ju varit sjukt tråkigt. Jag hade inte stått mig själv. Ska man vill det, men mest av
0: inte.
1: Nej,
2: verkligen inte. Eh, och det är ju så mycket annat såklart som påverkar sumnen hela tiden. Och så mm. fort man tycker att man har koll på en fas så kommer ju nästa. Jag tänkte också att vi ska prata lite om det här- med just hur olika bebisar är. I din bok så beskriver ju du att... Alltså lite så generella personlighetstyper. Och jag tror när man lyssnar att man ganska lätt kommer känna igen att så här... Ah, där eller någonstans mellan de här två hamnar min bebis. Kan du berätta lite?
1: Yeah. Okay, so there are... I actually want to jump into... There's different types of sensitivity. So we have sensitivity and we have temperament. So sensitivity is well, how sensitive we are to things. And the best analogy that I give is we have children that are dandelions. I don't know what that word is in, it's like an ooh, grass, or right? Yeah, uh-huh. Right, so I'm not calling children weeds. So don't get me wrong here. So just hear me out. So there are children that are dandelions and there's children that are orchids, right? Dandelion children can thrive no matter where they are doesn't matter. They don't have to have routines set up super like consistently. They, they're they're more go with the flow, right? You know, it's it's like a dandelion. You see it growing in the middle of like a brick. There's no water. There's no nothing, but it's thriving, right? Then we have our orchid children who are extremely sensitive to everything. They have mm-hmm. to have the right temperature. They have to have the right amount of water. They have to, you know, for them to bloom and grow, they have to have it Perfect. And of course, there's in between children, kind of a mix. I don't know what a dandelion orchid is, but uh, you know, you have, we have, uh, we have a mix, right? So that's the first thing. How sensitive is your child, right? Then we have personality types. So we have, for example, a, I call a unicorn baby. You know, unicorn babies are like, chill they're go with the flow you know these are the parents that are like we did this and it worked amazing this is what you should do too and it's like <laughs> <"Right>, <laughs> yeah you didn't have to do anything. The group and- yeah <laughs> their baby is just like amazing right <laughs> yeah. unicorns and and you know rainbows all the time at least most of the time I mean obviously there's going to be sometimes and and I've seen babies like this I mean like it's amazing so then we have mm-hmm. by the book baby by the book baby is more like you know, they, they go through their developmental phases like on time. They're a little bit cranky around that time. You can see that there's something happening and then they're done with that phase and they're like the sunshine again and it's all amazing and no problem. Then the next phase hits, they're grumpy. You know, it's very clear cut by the book. Then we have our sensitive kids sensitive kids. They are, you know, they're just a little bit more emotional. They have more feelings. They need more support with things. Um, You know, they're just, they are they need a little bit more. They need a little bit more attention, things like that. Uh, Then we have our spirited kids. So spirited, they're just, I mean, full energy all the time. Uh, They don't have a, like, they don't walk, they run. You know, they don't uh, (laughs) say hi. They're like, what's up? You know, I mean, like they are full of everything. Mm. Um, so those I mean again there's going to be combinations your child isn't going to fit into one exact category but um, you know for example my my daughter is I would say she she started as an orchid she's going more towards the kind of combination of a danda orchid <laughs> da, a danda orchid, <laughs> danda orchid. and <laughs> and now she, and she's very sensitive and she is very spirited. Um, and also a little bit by the book. Så so, I mean, there, there you have it. I mean, like, Exakt le, but you can find you know, the ways that you can see your children.
2: Verkligen. Och jag tycker det är så viktigt att poängtera det. För att det blir lätt kanske att man tänker att alla andra har sana här unicorn babys. Right. Och jag sitter här med min mm. <laughs> som är jättekänslig. Men liksom, och också det är inget, så här, det är inget fel, de är bara olika och man har inte mm. gjort någonting. Som yeah. liksom har gjort att det har blivit så. Utan det gäller bara att liksom utgå right. från They're sin egen bebis. Way. Like, I could not believe
1: yeah. how strong... Like, my daughter's personality was from the beginning. Mm. I mean, just amazing. Because I think I had seen just like Unicorn or By the Book babies before. Because most of the time, like... The moms with sensitive or orchid babies—they're not out, you know. Like they're at home, they're struggling. They're, or they're out, but they're struggling a little bit, or their baby's a little louder, you know, things like that. So, like, I think when I first became a parent, I assumed that every baby was a, a by-the-book or unicorn baby. And so, when I had my daughter, I was like, "What the heck did I create? <laughs> like, what is this?" <laughs> Oh, man, but I mean, she's amazing. She has, you know, mm. such an amazing personality, so I, I love it most of the time.
2: <laughs> jag tänker att vi ska prata om fem områden. Det finns mm. säkert 25 grejer man skulle kunna prata om, men yeah. jag tänker liksom stora saker som vi som föräldrar kan påverka. Och som nummer ett har jag skrivit upp rutiner. Ska mm. vi börja där? Yeah. Var, en, varför är det så viktigt?
1: Uh, eller är det viktigt? Nu bara
2: förutsatt jag det. Men du
1: uh, säg vad du tycker. The routines are so important, not just for kids, but for for adults too. Um, so we kind of go through like different life cycles with routines in our life, right? In the beginning, when we're babies, we really need routines because it helps set up our our daytime rhythm, our nighttime rhythm, like our body's rhythm. We have over three hundred at least that's what's known about right now. I'm sure there's going to be more that come out in research, but there are more than 300 different cycles and like in our body that depend on these routines. Um, So routines are really important. I would say like in our teenage and like twenties, like maybe early thirties, we don't really focus on these things and we don't pay attention to them, we should. Uh, but then we get older and we go back into, oh, I need to go to sleep at this time and wake up at this time and, and we go back into those routines. So our bodies function on these on these things. And so what I mean by this is when like we basically program our bodies like when to wake up, uh, when to fall asleep, um, when we're supposed to eat, Uh, so that the right hormones go into our stomachs to digest our food. So routines are really important for that reason. Now, in regards to sleep, they're important because when babies, they, they can only stay awake for a certain amount of time. So once they've passed that, they have gone into more of forcing their body to stay awake, which puts in adrenaline and cortisol into our body, which is like stress and, you know, it's stressful. And that makes us sleep worse. So when we have routines where, let's say we wake up, we wake up and we feed, we play and then we get ready for sleep again. That helps sleep happen more naturally because the body knows what to do and and can do that.
2: Juste, det. Alltså man pratar ju ofta ganska mycket om rutiner för lägg alltså läggningsrutinen. Mm. Yeah. Men jag tänker också all sömn som nån ska hålla på med på dagen. Tycker du att man ska ha en tydlig liksom, rutin också för sovstunderna på dagen?
1: Yeah, I think I think people like should have a routine. Now I'm not saying that it's going to be at 9:05 you do this and at 9:15 you do that. It's more of you wake up, you feed, you play a little bit, maybe there's a snack and then you get ready for sleep again. So it's more it's more of that simple like daytime routine. And most people go into those things naturally. Um but just to kind of think about like that's that's mostly what you're doing cuz that'll help get sleep set up the best. Just
2: det. Är det viktigt för bebisarna att det liksom... skapar någon typ av
1: trygghet
0: just i
2: det här? Att de liksom... de har ju inget annat sätt att förutse... hur dagen kommer se ut.
1: I'm so happy you actually said that. Because I could talk about routine so so much. So, when I have a parent come to me with a cranky baby... And they don't have a routine set in place. The first thing I do is set up a little routine. And it's no different. Like, I know people are like, oh, I hate routines. You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. You know, again, that comes down to personality. And if your baby likes routine, that also will come down to personality. So, like, sensitive or spirited kids, they, or even by the book, they like things, you know, like, they should happen in a certain way. You know, if you put your baby in their high chair to eat, you put a little bib on them and then food doesn't show up, you know, when it should, they start, they're like, hey, (laughs) you know, because they know what happens next, right? Mm. Or same thing, if you're getting ready to go outside, you put your jacket on, you zip it up, you get in the stroller or something and then you, whatever, put shoes on, I don't know. And that's what we did. And then, um, and you go outside. But if you did it in a different order, your kid's going to be like, Whoa, no, that's not what happens, you know. So routines are very good because it helps set up the brain to expect what happens next. So, like if a baby is cranky, then I set up routines and make sure that those are consistent. And so often I'll have the parent say, Wow, my baby's actually mm-hmm. happier because they know what to expect. I mean, if we think about us as adults, like most of the time we like to kind of know what's gonna come next too right and if we okay. have like a day it's kind of like you know like going through covid you know it's like we don't know what's going to happen next so it kind of puts us in this like weird space right and babies are the same they need a little consistency so they can feel calm
2: tänk om det fanns ett sätt att motverka förkylningar både hos barn och vuxna hm det finns det Virusseptin är en mun- och nässpray- som kan ge dig färre dagar. Virusseptin hittar du- på ditt närmsta apotek. Om det är så att man lyssnar nu- och verkligen känner så här- jag har inte tydliga rutiner. Här är det lite som- jag tar det som det kommer. Var börjar man- Tycker du, om man vill komma igång med en för sin dag?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it depends. If if your child is awesome with go with the flow and you're okay with go with the flow, then don't change anything, you know? Like, so I'm not going to say, like, you have to have routine. So, like, if it works for you, do it. I know when I had my baby, I was like, woohoo, I am going to be the, f- like, this is the first time I'm just going to go with the flow, at, you know, in my life. And that backfired. <laughs> like, that was the last thing I should have been doing, right? My daughter needed routines. I need the routines. And that's what made us happier. So, like, if you're going to start with routines, I would say just like I had mentioned before. You know, you wake up and you know what you're going to do next. Like, you you know, you wake up and then you go into the kitchen and you have food, and then maybe the baby goes on to their little playmat or something on the living room or something. You know. Um, so, I mean, it's just very simple ways to start those kind of daytime routines. Alltså just det här med läggdags, uh, mm-hmm. som sagt. Där pratar vi ju väldigt mycket
2: om och att det är viktigt. Och ibland så tänker jag att föräldrar kanske missuppfattar lite- vad poängen är med en läggningsrutin. Man tror typ att bebisen automatiskt nästan ska somna- om man gör det rätt på något vis. Men vad är liksom egentligen grundtanken med att så här steg för steg- ta sig igenom en läggningsrutin?
1: Mm. Så... So- Daytime routines and nighttime routines, they're same thing. So we, again, need those routines because it's a signal for the body. So a bedtime routine is that signal for the body to relax. And, you know, you'll hear that even more and more in just adult sleep. You know, like if you have a hard time sleeping, put in a nighttime routine. Uh, So for babies, it's, it's no different. And it's really just a signal for them that, okay, we do this, we do this, we do this, and then you sleep. Um, så so so det är samma
2: det här egentligen förväntan. Så att de lär sig. Liksom steg
1: happens. för steg.
2: Mm-hmm. Ja, precis. Yeah. Att
1: nu är det läge. Mm-hmm. Att and ja. Most kids are gonna love that. Like, especially if you involve them in that. Like, okay, you know, like once they're old enough, you can be like, okay, what happens next? We brush teeth, we put jammies on, we read our book. And we go to bed, you know, so as long as like you're saying, you know, like what you do all the time, that's that routine gets into place for them. And uh, I I always love it. I mean, like for my own self, I couldn't believe that my daughter knew what that routine meant. You know, she started leaning towards the crib when I was like holding her. It was amazing. And then I'll have parents tell me the same thing where they're like, their child knows what happens next. Um, You know, they go through their routine and, you know, they know what to do. So it really is just a signal for the body.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
2: Där tar vi en kort reklampaus i avsnittet och säger hej till en gammal bekant i podden, Sara Lindberg från Dina Försäkringar. Hej Sara! Ja men hej! Kul att vara här igen! Ja, superkul. För du brukar ju komma hit titt som tätt och påminna om hur viktigt det är med barnförsäkring och att teckna det så snart som möjligt som bebisen är född. Men varför är det här så
3: viktigt? Ju snabbare man skaffar en försäkring desto större chans är att man kan få en försäkring som gäller utan några begränsningar. Då har ditt barn ett bra skydd om det sen skulle hända något. Sen påminner vi om det här för att det är så lätt att glömma bort när man är nybliven förälder och alltid lite upp och ner där hemma. Då får man inte glömma den där barnförsäkringen.
2: Kan du inte berätta lite kort, vad är en barnförsäkring och vad är det som
3: ingår? Ja, men en barnförsäkring gäller ju i första hand för allvarliga sjukdomar och skador. Och det allra viktigaste skyddet som ingår det är om barnet inte kan arbeta i vuxen ålder. Sen gäller barnförsäkringen för, för lite mindre allvarliga händelser också. Till exempel om man bryter ut ben eller behöver ligga några dagar på sjukhus.
2: Alltså jag känner själv att det är ganska lätt att bli lite vilse i den här Jungen om försäkringar och hur man ska veta liksom, vilka val ska jag göra. Hur tänker du? Hur ska man tänka när man väljer barnförsäkring?
3: Ja, det är faktiskt inte så många val. Det viktigaste är ju att man tecknar en barnförsäkring- och att den gäller vid sjukdom och olycksfall- Sen väljer man ju också ett försäkringsbelopp och det där avgör ju hur, hur stor ersättning man kan få. Och, och det får man välja utifrån vilket behov man har och, och sin plånbok helt enkelt.
2: Som sagt, teckna en barnförsäkring direkt när du kommer hem från BB eller så snart du hör det här lilla inslaget. Vår favorit på Rulla Vagn är dina försäkringers barnförsäkring. Det är superlätt att både räkna ut pris och teckna försäkringen via webben. Läs mer på dina.se. Mm. Något annat som jag tänker i alla fall är viktigt för att sova bra är ju själva liksom setupen kring sömn med rum och liksom så här jag vet inte murker och allt sånt vad ska man tänka på för att göra så bra förutsättningar som möjligt kring det
1: well the best room environment for sleep and this again goes for babies and adults you want it dark so dark is the signal for our body to go to sleep and uh, in Sweden I think it's really tricky you know and you all might notice this svårt. you know like mm. when it's summertime like we don't go to sleep at the same time because our body isn't producing Uh, melatonin, which is our sleepy hormone, because there's so much sunlight here. But then in the wintertime, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired all the time, is because your body's producing more melatonin. So light is a really big trigger for our bodies to know when it's awake time and when it's nighttime. And so darkness helps signal and and let our body know that it's sleeping time. So dark is really important. Uh, And then you want it quiet. So, you know, sometimes it's not fully quiet, uh, which is okay. As long as your baby can sleep, you know, when it's not fully quiet, that's cool. But most of the time you want like some sort of either white noise or something that kind of helps shut out any other noises that might wake up a baby, a barking dog, a doorbell, you know, things like that. So white noise is great. Um, And then you actually want it a little bit cool in the room. So what happens is our bodies have to drop down in temperature before we can fall asleep. And um, you know, the perfect example is when it's hot, you know, we have a harder time falling asleep. And that's why. Uh, our bodies aren't dropping down in temperature. Alltså nästa grej som jag har
2: skrivit upp här är det här med att sova lagom mycket och att, hitta, ja, att hitta så här rätt mängd som för sin egen babys. Och att man ska vara vaken lagom mycket- mellan sina sovstunder och sådär. Vad tänker du kring det? Är det viktigt att hålla koll på- sömnmängden per
1: dygn och sådana där saker? Yes, I do think it's important, but I'm not um, I'm not the kind of sleep coach that actually counts hours. At least that's not the first thing that I do. Um, because there's so many factors that go into place. And I think it also stresses parents a bit. Uh, but don't get me wrong. If, you know, a parent likes to keep track of those hours and that's like their weight, you know, fine, no problem. But it's not the first thing I would look at. Um, it's more about timing, you know, when the Baby should go to sleep, um, like having those awake windows timed because if they're overtired, they will sleep worse, which will result in shorter naps, which you might need then more shorter naps throughout the day. Um, and it also goes down to, you know, some babies just don't need as much sleep. Some some need more, some need less. So, again, it's not like where I would count the hours, but it definitely is important to have like certain Times throughout the day that your child is sleeping, and that's actually why I like baby naps, is because like you can actually see, like okay, it's seven a.m. This is about when my t- child s- should sleep. You know, and then you can track how long, and then when their next nap should be too. So I, I think it's really important to keep track of it, but don't drive yourself crazy about it.
2: Ja, håller verkligen med. Alltså mm-hmm. man ska inte stressa för mycket så länge no. man känner att man har ett ungefärligt. Yeah. grepp om att bebisen sover rimligt mycket. Yeah. Kan du inte förklara lite mer om man tar så här, det här med vakenfönster, jag vet inte riktigt vad den svenska översättningen är. Men, like the awake windows. Ja, men precis. Mm. Kan du inte prata lite mer om hur långt är typ ett sånt. Alltså om man är mm. mamma tänker så här, nyfödd sex månader ett år, hur mycket förändras ett sånt vågande Oh gosh,
1: där? yeah, so much. <laughs> and that's why I, like the first year is like constant changes. You know, like mm, for people who love routines and things to work a certain way, like that's probably one of the biggest challenges is because things aren't gonna work like on a schedule for for a good year. So um, for newborns, like babies that are just born and up to about two months or so, they can only be awake for like 45 minutes, you know, to an hour, or at least, you know, that's generally the time, you know, around six months, then you're looking more around two and a half hours, you know, and then when you get up to about a year, they can stay awake for anywhere from like four hours. So the time is going to, I mean, that's constantly changing throughout the whole year, Um, like how long the child should be awake. Um and like so again that's going to be a tricky thing to be able to pay attention to and watch and and time all the time. Um what I suggest is what I call clocks and cues. So you you know going off of your child's age and how long they can stay awake, you know, let's say it's an hour and a half, you know. So you know, I might have a parent put a timer on for an hour and 15 or an hour and say, "Okay, when that timer goes off, Let's look to see if we can start watching for some sleepy cues. You know, so maybe like red around the eyes or red eyebrows. Uh, that's a really common one that's missed as a sleepy sign. Verkligen, um, det hade min,
2: vårt första barn hade det. Han blev klar röd yeah. över
1: ögonbrynen. Det yeah. tog ju tag när man bara,
2: shit, what? det här är första bra <laughs> grejen att hålla koll på. Yeah.
1: So that is a really, really clear sign that like, okay, the wake window is starting to close. And so that's when you want to start thinking, okay, it's time to get ready for a nap time. Uh, Mm. So you start your nap time routine. Um, So clocks and cues are really important because again, those time windows are going to change and your baby's cues may change too. So, you know, what they show at maybe three months may be something totally different at eight months. Um, så so, you know, a parent, you have to kind of like get out your detektive skills. Det, nu kommer vi
2: in lite här på min nummer fyra. För det är just så här timing. Jag tycker att det är så himla svårt som förälder För det är ju liksom så himla mycket ja, men någon typ av liten liten punkt hela tiden. Som är mm. den perfekta. Där liksom de är trötta. Lagom trötta fast inte övertrötta. Och när det är liksom rätt läggdags och hur många sovstunder som passar, och hur långa de ska vara och så här. Hur ska man tänka kring allt det där för att liksom hitta den här perfekta nivån för sig själv? Oh,
1: this is like my one question I always like dread and have anxiety over answering because mm. there isn't one answer. I like, mm. you know, if you if you follow some sleep consultants, you know, maybe they're so like this is how it works and do this and do this and this but then when it doesn't like what what do you tell the parent then so i don't really i don't really like stuff like that because there isn't a clear answer so you know i have to say that like it is going to be a tricky balance for a while you know some days you're going to nail it and be like woohoo that was amazing and then the next day like nothing works the same so you know as a parent i just you know try to take your wins when you get them And if you don't, if it doesn't work, then try again the next time and don't be hard on yourself that it didn't work because, you know, you're, you're working with another human and Mm -hmm. they have their own wants and needs. And even if you just think about how many changes that little child is going through in one year, it's unbelievable. So as frustrating, frustrating as it is, I think we just have to have a little bit more like patience around, uh, around those things that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Superviktigt att påminna om. Easier said than done, though.
2: Verkligen, <laughs> ja. Är du också en trött småbarnsförälder? För alla oss finns nu appen Babynaps- och det är vi på vagn som har gjort den. I appen får du ett sömnschema för just din babys, som ändras gradvis i takt med att din babys blir äldre- Över tid ger du din babys och dig själv trygga rutiner och tillräckligt mycket sömn på både dagen och natten. Fler än 25 000 småbarnsföräldrar följer redan sömnschemat i appen som heter Babynaps. Alltså jag tänker på en lite mer konkret så här tajmingfråga. Det är ju mycket kring läggdags. Tycker du att man också där ska på något vis... Ska man hålla koll på klockan? Eller ska man...
1: A little of both. So like uh. around six months, you need a little of both. Um, you know, I say s- around six months or so, you want to start aiming for a seven o'clock bedtime. But then that kind of depends on the timing of the naps. Um, I even have a client right now who's, who has a six month old. And it's a little tricky right now because some days she takes three naps and some days she takes four short ones. So then bedtime's a little bit different. So, you know, around the six month, you know, 10 month mark, six to 10, let's say, you know, you are going to have a little bit of a swinging like bedtime. You know, some Mm -hmm. days it might be seven, maybe even 630. Some days it might be 830, depending on how that day went. And again, some days you're going to get it right. And then some days you're not. Um, So it's going to be like a a really, you know, kind of a little go with the flow on that. You know, you want consistency, you want routines, but then, you know, go with the flow a little as well. Then more around one year, you do want to shoot more for that 7 p.m. bedtime. So then we're mm. like ideally we're shooting studied. for 7 a.m. Mm. wake up, 7 p.m. bedtime. So we have like a 12 hour window on both sides. Um, the reason why early bedtime is important, because I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, the longer I keep them up, the longer, like they'll sleep better. Um, and, and maybe, maybe I'm not going to say this is for every single child that you have to be at a bed at seven. But the reason is, is that we get deep sleep earlier on in the nighttime and we don't necessarily make that up in the, in the next part of the night. So our bodies are set again, it comes down to body routines and that we get deep sleep in more towards like that early part of the night. And then halfway through, our body stops producing melatonin. And that puts us more into dreaming sleep and more of light stages, stages of sleep. So that's why you'll see babies wake up more often towards like the second part of the night. Uh, and those early morning hours where you're like, just sleep. Um, <laughs> so that's the reason. So you don't want to mess that up because then they're just getting sleep deprived. Because mm. the body doesn't necessarily always make up those lost hours. It sometimes does, då, it'll I'm prioritize sure. like if it really needs it, but sometimes it doesn't.
2: Och då kanske det lätt blir att man hamnar som i en ond cirkel. Och sover mm-hmm. mindre på natten, har svårare att somna på dagen och så blir exactly. det liksom
1: jobbigt. Mm-hmm. Yes, ja. <laughs> I was there, I get it. <laughs>
2: oh, den sista grejen som jag har tänkt ta upp är det här med att successivt ty från fyra fem månader och uppåt börja fasa ut den här sömnhjälpen- som man själv ger som förälder typ ammarr till söms vaggar till söms hjälper till på något sätt och gå mot att bebisen ska somna på egen hand det hör man ju sömnexperter hela tiden prata om att det är viktigt men varför är det så
1: okay so the reason why we want to start practicing on having the baby fall more and more to sleep on their own and that again that doesn't mean that you're just putting them down in the crib and then leaving to walk out of the room. uh, And they're just kind of screaming their heads off. That's not what we mean. So it's more about like reducing, helping them fall asleep. So say for example, like you're feeding to sleep um, and they're falling asleep feeding, then they're most likely going to wake up in the middle of the night and need to have that feeding again, or like that sucking motion. It's really about the sucking. Um, that's That's the kind of comfort and also the The what's called like a sleep prop. Um, So that helps them fall asleep. And that kind of goes with pacifiers too. So pacifiers can actually be more of that sleep prop. Um, So what you want to do then is work away from that prop. So what I would recommend, like if you're feeding, then I would recommend to actually feed earlier, like in the bedtime routine, say for example. And then you pick up your child, you hold them, you go into the dark room and like you're patting them and singing. Um so then you're you're using one prop to work away from the other one, right? And then eventually then you're doing less rocking and then eventually putting your child down. So that's just one example. I mean, there's obviously many ways you can do this, but like that's one example of helping your child fall asleep less so that they can sleep better throughout the night time. Har du något som du själv av
2: alla dina klienter och din bok och så här vet att typ det här är en avgörande it
1: took me it took me a two hundred page book to be like, "This is yeah. important. And I could have still written. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, mm, that's a tricky one. I mean, I get you know, sleep is tricky. There is no doubt about that. Like, I remember when I was first helping clients and I was helping them get better sleep than we were getting. Um, because my daughter going back to that sensitive spirited type, she just woke up, you know, very often and she always wanted that comfort. Um, so I would say when she was three, she was still waking up once a night, you know, uh, and we were working on that and that's just how she is. Um, so if I would say like one piece of advice, oh, start setting up for sleep earlier rather than later, if that's a possibility for you. Um, but it's never too late to begin, and just begin. Ja, det, <laughs> Don't keep waiting steg. for the perfect ja. time.
2: Nej. Just begin. Mm. Bra, stort tack, Courtney, for alla kloka tankar. Thanks for having <laughs> me again. <laughs> ja. Om man vill hitta dig på typ Instagram, kanske läsa mer om din bok och så här, vad söker man på? You can
1: find me on Instagram at Happy Sleeping Baby. And I'm also on Facebook as well. Um, so if you're a Facebook fan, you can find me there too. Toppen. Tack också till dig
2: som har lyssnat. Och följ gärna oss på Rullavagn på Instagram eller Facebook. Vi heter kort och gott Rullavagn där. Kika också gärna in på Rullavang.nu där du hittar massor med guider och artiklar för första åren med barn. Och dessutom hittar du ju allt du behöver veta om sömn och sömnschema för din babys i våran app BabyNaps.